Lycidas by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Transcriber's Note Facsimile of title page of Lycidas follows Justa, Eduardo King, Naufrago, Ab Amicis, Morentibus, Amoris, et Manias Cain. Serecta calculam bonas, ubique naufragium est, et arm. Cantabrigiae, apud tomam buc, et rogerum danio, cadaberamae academiae topographos, 1638. In this monody, the author bewails a learned friend, unfortunately drowned in his passage from Chester on the Irish seas, 1637 and by occasion foretells the ruin of our corrupted clergy then in their height yet once more o ye laurels and once more ye myrtles brown with ivy never sere i come to pluck your berries harsh and crude and with forced fingers rude shatter your leaves before the mellowing year bitter constraint and sad occasion, dear, compels me to disturb your seasoned you. For Lycidas is dead, dead ere his prime, young Lycidas, and hath not left his peer. Who would not sing for Lycidas? He knew himself to sing and build the lofty rhyme. He must not float upon his watery beer unwept, and welter to the parching wind, without the meed of some melodious tear. Begin then, sisters of the sacred well, that from beneath the seat of Jove doth spring, begin, and somewhat loudly sweep the stream, hence with denial vain and coy excuse, so may some gentle muse with lucky words favour my destined urn, and as he passes, turn, and bid fair peace be to my sable shroud. For we were nursed upon the self-same hill, fed the same flock by fountain, shade, and rill. Together both, ere the high lawns appeared under the opening eyelids of the morn, we drove a field, and both together heard what time the grey fly winds her sultry horn, battening our flocks with the fresh dews of night. Oft till the star that rose at evening bright toward heaven's descent had sloped his westering wheel meanwhile the rural ditties were not mute tempered with oaten flute rough satyrs danced and fawns with cloven heel from the glad sound would not be absent long and old Demetus loved to hear our song but oh the heavy change now thou art gone now thou art gone, and never must return. Thee, shepherd, thee the woods and desert caves, With wild thyme and the gadding vine or grove, And all their echoes mourn. The willows and the hazel copses green Shall now no more be seen fanning their joyous leaves To thy soft blades, as killing as the canker to the rose or taint worm to the weanling herds that graze, or frost to flowers that their gay wardrobe wear, when first the white thorn blows. Such, Lycidas, thy loss to shepherd's ear. Where were ye nymphs, 
when the remorseless deep closed o'er the head of your loved Lycidas. For neither were you playing on the steep where your old bards the famous druids lie, nor on the shaggy top of Mona high, nor yet where Diva spreads her wizard stream. Ay, me, I fondly dream had ye been there. For what could that have done? What could the muse herself that Orpheus bore, the muse herself for her enchanting son, whom universal nature did lament, when, by the rout that made the hideous roar, his gory visage down the stream was sent, down the swift Hebrus to the lesbian shore? Alas, what boots it with uncessant care to tend the homely, slighted shepherd's trade? and strictly meditate the thankless muse. Were it not better done, as others use, to sport with Amaryllis in the shade, or with the tangles of Neira's hair? Fame is the spur that the clear spirit doth raise, that last infirmity of noble mind, to scorn delights and live laborious days. But the fair guerdon when we hope to find and think to burst out into sudden blaze comes the blind fury with the horrid shears and slits the thin-spun life. But not the praise, Phoebus replied, and touched my trembling ears. Fame is no plant that grows on mortal soil, nor in the glistering foil set off to whirl, nor in broad rumour lies but lives and spreads aloft by those pure eyes and perfect witness of all judging Jove, as he pronounces lastly on each deed, of so much fame in heaven expect thy need. O fountain Arethuse, and thou honoured flood-smooth sliding Mincius, crowned with vocal reeds, that strain I heard was of a higher mood. But now my oat proceeds, and listens to the herald of the sea that came in Neptune's plea. He asked the waves, and asked the felon winds, what hard mishap hath doomed this gentle swain, and questioned every gust of rugged wings that blows from off each beaked promontory. They knew not of his story, and sage Hippotides their answer brings that not a blast was from his dungeon strayed. The air was calm, and on the level brine sleep panopy with all her sisters played. It was that fatal and perfidious bark, built in the cliffs and rigged with curses dark, that sunk so low that sacred head of thine. Next Camus, reverend sire, went footing slow, his mantle hairy and his bonnet sedge, inwrought with figures dim and on the edge, like to that sanguine flower inscribed with woe. Ah, who hath reft, quoth he, my dearest pledge? Last came, and last did go, the pilot of the Galilean lake. Two massy keys he bore of metals twain, the golden oaks, the iron shuts amain. He shook his mitred locks and stern bespake, how well could I have spared for thee, young swain, and now of such as for their belly's sake creep and intrude and climb into the fold. 
of other care they little reckoning make than how to scramble at the shearer's feast and shove away the worthy bidden guest blind mouths that scarce themselves know how to hold a sheeple or have learned aught else the least that to the faithful herdman's art belongs what wrecks it them what need they they are sped and when they list their lean and flashy songs grate on their scrannel pipes of wretched straw the hungry sheep look up and are not fed but swoln with wind and the rank mist they draw rot inwardly and foul contagion spread besides what the grim wolf with privy paw daily devours apace and nothing said but that two-handed engine at the door stands ready to smite once and smite no more return alpheus the dread voice is past to shrunk thy streams return sicilian muse and call the veils and bid them hither cast their bells and flowerets of a thousand hues ye valleys low where the mild whispers use of shades and wanton winds and gushing brooks on whose fresh lap the swart star sparely looks throw hither all your quaint enamelled eyes that on the green turf suck the honeyed showers and purple all the ground with vernal flowers bring the wrath primrose that forsaken dies the tufted croto and pale jessamine the white pink and the pansy freaked with jet the glowing violet the musk rose and the well-attired woodbine with cowslips wan that hang the pensive head, and every flower that sad embroidery wears, bid Amaranthus all his beauty shed, daffodillies, fill their cups with tears, and strew the laureate hearse where Lysid lies. For so to interpose a little ease, let our frail thoughts dally with false surmise. Ah, me! whilst thee the shores and sounding seas wash far away where'er thy bones are heard whether beyond the stormy hebrides where thou perhaps under the whelming tide visits the bottom of the monstrous world or whether thou to our moist vows denied sleep'st by the fable of Belarus old where the great vision of the guarded mount looks toward Numancos and Bionas old Look homeward, angel, now, and melt with Ruth, and all ye dolphins, waft the hapless youth. Weep no more, woeful shepherds, weep no more, for Lycidas your sorrow is not dead, sunk though he be beneath the watery floor. So sinks the day-star in the ocean bed, and yet anon repairs his drooping head, and tricks his beams, and with new spangled ore flames in the forehead of the morning sky. So Lycidas sunk low, but mounted high, through the dear might of him that walked the waves, where other groves and other streams along, with nectar pure his oozy locks he laves, and hears the unexpressive nuptial song in the blessed kingdom's meek of joy and love there entertain him all the saints above in solemn troops and sweet societies 
that sing and singing in their glory move and wipe the tears forever from his eyes now lycidas the shepherds weep no more henceforth thou art the genius of the shore in thy large recompense and shalt be good to all that wander in that perilous flood thus sang the uncouth swain to the oaks and rills while the still morn went out with sandals gray he touched the tender stops of various quills with eager thought warbling his doric lay and now the sun had stretched out all the hills and now was dropped into the western bay at last he rose and twitched his mantle blue to-morrow to fresh woods and pastures new notes sixty-four uncessant manuscript reads incessant so that uncessant is probably a misprint though that spelling is retained in the second edition eighty-two perfect so in comus line two hundred three in both these places the manuscript has perfect as elsewhere where the word occurs in the solemn music line twenty three where the first edition reads perfect the second reads perfect one forty nine amaranthus amaranthus end of lycidas